0: Good morning, sweet angel of the morning. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good morning, Chandler. Good morning. Oh, you know, today is Ask Lauren and Chandler, which it is. we really do when we have no content to deliver to people. Should we pull wow, back? The curtain? Okay. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say it's so much as like we don't have anything prepared, other than that, nothing is really happening. That's exciting. Yes. Yes. I do have a few things at the top though that I am excited about. So yeah. Um, I wanted to discuss a few things before we get to questions. Although I will say how crazy was it? How many questions we got? We, Yeah, it was insane. I was shook mainly because I feel like we talk about ourselves a lot. So I feel like people are <laughs> <laughs> Probably sick of it. But then, you know, I was I was overwhelmed. Yes. And again, um way. It, it, yeah, truly, truly overwhelming. Um, and we got lots of like uh I would say kind of more inappropriate questions or a few very distinctive yeah. inappropriate questions. Yeah. Excited to tackle those on the Patreon. Right. Um Okay. But before we kind of fully dive in, I just have a few things I want to discuss. The first is administrative. Okay. Okay. So a little housekeeping. Yeah. The giveaway has started everyone. It is April. Mm -hmm. We are giving away a walking pad. This is how you enter. To win a walking pad, you simply post on your stories, recommending pop Apologist to your friends. Yep. Include a link to an episode. That mm-hmm. way of this is very important. Your followers need to be able to simply tap a link on your stories and and go to one of our episodes. You need to now, do some micro influencing of your own in order to enter this giveaway. Yes, exactly. Um now I also have another request. Okay, you ready for this, Chan? Oh gosh. More just more of our listeners. <laughs> Here's also what I'm gonna ask. Um pick a favorite episode. Listen. They're not all five stars. I think that there are some duds and there are some hits. Right, and they're not all let's, bangers. Let's pick a hit. You know, and if right. we're gonna if right. we're linking anyway, we never claim to be the Taylor Swift of podcasts. They're not all hits. Exactly. That's all I ask. Pick an episode that you know is a banger to link to, and finally. We request that you only enter the giveaway if you would actually want to share this podcast with your friends. This is simply just, you know, giving you a reason to do what you would do already. So we kindly ask that you not say this is part of a giveaway, um, because I, it kind of invalidates the whole shebang. All right, is that out of the out of the way? Thank you for making me do that all on my own. She no really problem. took a back Anytime. seat. Yeah. I'll- <laughs> I, I'm happy to talk about the giveaway next episode. I do just do such an eloquent job mm. of discussing it. You know, I let you take the reins by design. It just being thirsty and self-promotional comes so naturally to me. It's truly disturbing. Okay. Um, another thing I want to talk to you about, Chandler. Mm-hmm. Bad vegan. I know I haven't watched. I'm just I'm just going to say that yeah. it's it is completely delightful it's super interesting and it's four there's four episodes so if you have an afternoon open or something just know that there's an excellent do i ever have an afternoon open i just mean like a saturday afternoon or a sunday afternoon afternoon open okay okay i mean uh, wow. I've been with you. I've seen you during the work day. Sometimes you, uh, there's a lot of time spent lighting candles. There's a lot of time spent just getting extra oh, cozy gosh. at your desk. Yeah, there's, I mean, I need to be cozy at my desk where I will sit for, you know, anywhere between two to eight hours. There's a range. Maybe on one of the two hour days, pop in an episode of Bad Vegan okay. on Netflix. Okay. Cool. Anyway, it's very, very good. It's. I would love your thoughts. I'd love for you to watch it at some point because the guy she's dating is such an intense liar. Mm. And anyway, is I it, just would love to actually discuss it with you. Is it another scammer show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fully a scammer. Okay. And it's fully, it fully, fully a I don't know anything about it. So. Okay, so she's basically. And I remember her. So I think she was a little uh, before your time. Um, okay. But I remember being like a 20-year-old or 18-year-old. And yeah. this girl, Sarma, was – remember when I was super into raw food? Yeah, yeah. I actually, like, forced you to to do a raw Lauren food diet with me. For made, <laughs> Lauren forced me do, to do a raw diet with her. And literally one time she made us, like, sushi wraps. And it was, like, seaweed <laughs> and, like, peppers – and it was some type a- of ginger sauce. And that I was like, literally, that was the meal. And I've never felt hungrier in my entire life. The meal was like sliced cucumbers, carrots, peppers, yeah. wrapped in seaweed, dipped in soy sauce. That was, that the, was meal. the meal. <laughs> no, thank you. So I used to be very into like the vegan scene. Um Yeah. When I was very young, like 18-ish. And anyway, this girl, Sarma, I think it's like Melangali or something. She was the queen of raw food in New York at the time. She had a restaurant called Pure Food and Wine. Long story short, she was like this like beautiful blonde. Not that being blonde is important, but this is what she looked like. She was this beautiful blonde woman with this amazing restaurant that was getting all these rave reviews. It was super successful. And then all of a sudden, like, it all went up in flames. Like, the workers started really p- picketing because they weren't being paid. They shut down the restaurant. They walked out. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was, like, super – it was just, like, super mysterious what happened. and And she was on the run with her husband. Whoa. And eventually she was caught – and this doesn't – give away anything this is all like basically shown in the first two minutes of the series um but eventually she's caught in vegas through the the raw vegan queen is caught ordering dominoes like that's how they catch her is like through wow. that transaction so it's super hilarious um but yeah her husband basically she meets this guy and what's super interesting is she first talks about like you know being this like very uh attractive young woman with this very successful restaurant in New York City and how all Alec Baldwin was like super into her. Like yeah. super into her and he even like, like tweeted about her. Is this interesting or are you fading? Yeah, no no no, no. Okay. Uh I need you're a good like pulse check in terms of our listeners if they're yeah. still awake. So yeah. um you can keep me, you know, in line. Okay. Anyway, okay. I'll try to keep it brief. I'm keeping it very okay. brief. Um he like tweets about how like you go to pure food and wine for the food and also just to stare at Sarama. Like he's like oh. super into her. Yeah. And anyway, and what's funny is she's like probably mid 30s at this point and she's okay. just like, yeah, he was just so much older than me. Yeah. Um and I just like could not was not into like I I couldn't handle right. how much I'm older sure he was Alec Baldwin was probably 60 at the time. How old is he now? Just kidding. He- Yes, but then she's like, it's hilarious because he ended up marrying someone much younger than me. Because Ilaria, when he met her, was probably like mid 20s. Yeah. She was mid 20s. Can you believe they're having another kid also? Honestly, I don't get it. I just don't, I can't fathom either. I mean, also, I'm like, this is getting quite expensive. Yes. Yes. For me, it's like you marry someone that is older with tons of money for an easy life right isn't that right. the point? yeah it's almost like she missed the memo on the point of marrying alec baldwin I, and it's just like literally every time they have any baby they reset the clock like at some like point I, and it almost like, doesn't matter how many nannies you have like it doesn't matter totally, because you still have seven chaos. children unless it's you chaos. have like a, a sprawling compound where you can essentially keep your living quarters then as like as their own as not a separate entirely separate right yeah. it doesn't matter how many nannies how many governesses you have right it'll still feel like chaos because it's seven kids it's it just also doesn't also quite close together to me. like there's six kids in our family but they're kind of spaced out but even our mom complains about how she did you know she did a kindergarten for like you know 18 years or something like that right right there's just it's some lot. there there's clearly a screw loose with with both well of and them. this it's, coming off the yeah. heels of like the shooting incident just like maybe oh. you just like stop having kids i mean i don't know if this was like i don't think it was a publicity thing but it's just like maybe you got enough like like legal troubles right now to like work out and <laughs> you don't need to like add another like kids like trussmanita mix yeah don't forget how she doubles down on the Spanish. <sighs> Right, you know, Spanish course. heritage with calling them, calling it another Baldwinito. Right, right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Sarma, she basically like, you know, kind of ruse the fact that she didn't take him up on his offer. And then he, you know, she sees um, Ilaria basically living this like fabulous life. And she's like kind of falls on tougher times, things like more stressful. And she meets this guy and he's, she meets him online and he's not really, like who she normally go for? He's a lot kind of like wait, and this is after her- everything blows up. No, this is way this is way before. This is okay. way before anything. I'm blows a little up. bit confused Isn't on the like, timeline. This is way before anything blows up, right? Okay. Like the restaurant okay. is still successful. Yeah, things are just tighter. Like she okay. she takes on a two million dollar loan to yeah. own the restaurant outright, Got and it. and anyway, she meets this guy online who does not fit her usual physical criteria but he's like very yeah. charming okay. she's not in general that attracted to him but anyway yeah. she kind of like and she's goes open with about it. that yeah okay. and and then she meets him in real life and he's very much like not exactly what she was planning on or what he seemed like yeah. but she kind of yeah. still goes with it because she has like a lot of emotional sunk costs yeah and anyway he just chandler like he just like I've dated a liar I've dated a total pathological liar that's a story I don't know if I'll ever tell but anyway yeah um this he takes it to another extreme like literally told her that he would make her and her dog immortal like he would be able to make them live forever and he yes and I'm just like a simple woman like I just like I don't need anyone to promise me immortality to be happy like I'm good I'm good with just like telling me that you love me like I'm good validating that I you think I'm pretty tell you know whatever I I think we are all simple women at heart but then someone very suave comes into your life and takes you into this like other psychological realm and yeah. it's very I think it's very difficult not to get caught up in it. I actually sure. understood, you know, how she got so Well, um, absolutely. Taken, yeah. I feel like it's a really sad tragedy that like women will be taken for a ride as long as men as if men can just like pay them the right lip service, women will be taken for a ride. Right, exactly. Exactly. And it's because just like so sad- much I think like, it just Well, it's just so hard, I think, for so many women to find love and support and companionship. That's true. Although the reverse does happen for sure, where there are women who absolutely take advantage of men and take them for a ride. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I just, I do think that like more often it happens to women. I think women are more likely scammed than men are scammed by women. Definitely. Yes. Definitely by meeting Mace psychological needs. Um yes. maybe rather than physical ones. But anyway, yeah. it's just a very very like it's just beyond. The what he did to her is beyond. He basically ruined her entire life. She had really? this very successful, amazing, you know, life that she had built and brand she had built and he just yeah. destroyed. He literally just destroyed her life. Um Ugh. and it's utterly fascinating and I think okay. it is a good cautionary tale that You can be a very smart, successful person. I mean, she went to Penn. You know, she went to an Ivy League school. This was not a dummy. And she was fully swindled. Okay, another thing, Chandler. Yeah. Did you watch the Mormon mom talk? Yes, yes. I was just about to ask you if we could take a sharp left and talk about that. But I think, actually, we should save it for the Patreon. Don't hate me, everybody. Save Mormon mom talk for the Patreon? I think so, yeah. Why? Are your thoughts, like, kind of spicy on it? I think my thoughts are kind of spicy. And I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in getting a lot of hate. Let's save it for the Patreon. Sorry, everyone. Patreon will be out this Friday. I just. I um, think I want to be able to speak fully to it, yeah, and I think I'm going right. to have to feel extremely cautious about what I say. And right. I, I want to be able to speak freely about you know maybe some of my takeaways from being Mormon and what that's like as a woman and why these women act like this. So, uh yeah, I'm going to save it for the Patreon personally. Okay, but if you want to talk about it, you can. No, no. Let's say over the Patreon. Let's get into the Q and A because we have got a ton of questions. Let me start with, let me start with a hard hitting one. Okay, you ready for this hard hitting one? Yeah. And I just love this love this phrasing too. Who got the nose job? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just no other context on like who got the nose job. Who got um, the nose job? Uh, I did. So thank you for asking. I'm not going to say your name, but, uh, just who got, the, they didn't ask any other questions either. It's just who got the nose job. <laughs> I consider it a compliment that they had to even ask. You know what I mean? Totally. So I, I feel flattered. Name. Thank today. you. Uh, Dr. Crumley. Yeah. Dr. Crumley does incredible work. Right. Um, and the thing about your nose job though, is he really just gave you a more refined version of what you already had. Mm-hmm. Like he I don't think he really changed the sh- yes, the shape was changed, but just to be like almost a smaller no, version of what exactly God I intended. I, thank you for saying that. It's that's exactly true. And it was yeah, it it was just a, a refinement of what I already had. Um, because I So I'm you don't look like very a very beautiful person. person. No. No, it's true. You are naturally very, yeah. very beautiful. Have you ever heard of the phrase upstairs face and downstairs face? No. Okay. What does that mean? Upstairs face means like a regal patrician face. My friend Sophie yeah. was teaching me about this yesterday. Yeah. Upstairs yeah. face is like a regal patrician face. It's a face that looks like a queen. It's a face like a like a Rachel Weisz. You know what I mean? Very distinguished features. Uh, wow! Could look, okay. look at you with a stare and they could sear like, you to your. Core. You don't have this, but just for contrast, I'm explaining to you what it is. <laughs> no, I think you do have an upstairs face. I think you have a face that is more, um, like Kate Clay- Blanchett upstairs face. These are faces that are very that create an impression. Um, mm-hmm. Downstairs faces are more everyday faces. Mm-hmm. They can like this is not a hotness thing this yeah. is just a, just a an aesthetic you know what's commentary. Funny. like go ahead here's that's very nice of you to say so thank you and what's funny is that I feel like because of maybe my features being a little bit more I use the word regal I'm just gonna use the word gorgeous um I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um, I no no because of my the way my face looks and yeah like it, I do feel like it makes me look older. Like I've never felt like I have a super young looking face, if that makes mm, sense. Right, right. And so I feel like I've always actually been people don't think I'm people are never like, Wow, you're only twenty right, six? Uh, right. People are actually like, Yeah, that, that makes sense. Or you and mean they also say like you're you mean they say You imagine if you said, Oh, I'm thirty one and someone said, You wow, you're only thirty <laughs> Thirty-one, right. you messed that up. <laughs> Gosh, I'm so rude. Um, no, what you mean is they don't say like, "Oh, you're 31 I or twenty-six. Yeah, exactly. I thought you're you were. Yeah, yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but sometimes it's like, anyway. Sometimes I've been like insecure about it. I'm like, why don't people think I'm younger all the time? Which is a stupid, probably like conditioned. Like if if people are not constantly yeah. accosting you with how young you look, like you're you're a failure as a woman in our society. So, anyways, yeah, yeah it's so dumb. Um. Thank you. Anyways, yes, you have you have very distinctive face. You definitely have an upstairs face. I think, yeah. Anyway, Ashley, our older sister, has an extreme upstairs face. Um, Yeah, it's a term in British acting where they literally hire people based on if they look like they have downstairs faces or upstairs faces. Really, like faces for like like servant faces or aristocrat faces. Yes, but like it doesn't. It's not a um, comment on hotness right 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 um what you're saying is that i could double as the dowager countess of grantham yes do you have you ever heard of judy dench um i think of you and i think of doppelganger i think judy dench i get that i get stopped all the time Wait, yeah. can I do share you know my favorite McGonagall click hole? and Hogwarts. That's that's your vibe. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you. My very favorite Click Hole uh, posting is about Judy Dench. And okay. Clickhole will do this thing where they will make up random quotes and then attribute them to celebrities. Yes, so, yes, yes. So this so they so they show a picture of Judy Dench and then they have this like quote, right? And so there's a picture of Judy Dench, picture her in your mind, and then the quote says, Killing me isn't going to bring back your son and then it just says judy dench unprompted (laughs) just i maybe need to post it post it or send it to you but it's like just like i can hear her saying it anyways and it's literally completely made up killing me isn't going to bring back your son judy dench unprompted (laughs) the cold made up quotes are hilarious they're (laughs) so good (laughs) it's just like what oh my god the unprompted is the best part um, like, who is she speaking to? Just, who is just, she talking to? It's just Literally, that's the way she talks. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern. So you can just hang your gallery wall, and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. earlybirdcbd.com, POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. earlybirdcbd.com. Let's move on to another question. Someone wants to know, to whom do you credit for teaching you your fabulous vocabularies? People always comment on the vocab thing, which is truly, truly so kind. Um, And Chan, I'll let you answer this. Great. Um, I don't read as much now, but I read a lot when I was growing up. And I thought I think you were going to give me all the credit. I thought you were literally going to be like, that's where I was I going. Literally okay. let me finish a GD sentence. Also, it's like, of course, of course. Uh, like you, Of course you chose this question. Um, I guess the next question we'll go to is, <laughs> how did you get your great vocabularies and then you just cost me for not giving you credit? It's all about Lauren. It's a you, Lauren show. I'll let you take it, Chan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lauren has... Uh, has honestly been a big factor in me having a better vocabulary because she uses big words all the time and then I incorporate them like I feel like there's a funny timeline where like Lauren will use a big word for a really like she'll probably incorporate a new word into her vocabulary for like three to four weeks and then I'll finally understand it well enough with enough of her context to then I'll use it for then the next three to four weeks in fact I said something I don't know this wasn't a word from you but I was using the word like erasure like erasure erasure I was using the word I was using the word erasure and Mm -hmm. uh I used it probably three times this weekend and Ben was like oh wow that's really your new word so Mm. uh anyways I'll get called out for it but it's all to Lauren's credit um well the the nice thing is is no one ever and I'm sure it's coming now but no one ever says like oh these bitches are so pretentious can they just speak normally so what's nice is it's that we're not coming across as like trying hard right with the way. With the vocab, yeah. I, um, because we're, this is truly the way we speak. There is, um, there's no putting on vocabulary errors. But what I will say is that I just was very interested in, this is, now this sounds pretentious, but I was just very interested in language. Like literally when I was in my early 20s, uh, I, snooze, when people, when people asked me what I was going to be, <laughs> what I was going to do, I would look at them straight in the eyes and with a deadpan face, totally seriously say, I'm going to be a poet. Like I'm going to be a poet. And like, that was my career path. And so and I was like, I went to academic conferences. I, the, you know, I did all, Smith. I did the things. I know, I know. But I guess <laughs> the point is like, I just really like, lo- I like words. I'm naturally drawn to words. Oh and I find my them gosh. interesting. I, I'm just saying, this is this is why. And so it's not like, it's not like I ever set out so well, I think you're just, you're just smart. You're smart too. You don't have to chalk it up to, I went to academic conferences. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to say. It's just like, I, I mean, it's, it's like someone asking like, you know, why are you, if you like, why are you good at dancing? Oh, I went to dance school. You know, and on some level, like, I feel like I went yeah. to word school. That was like, you're, my, yeah, you, were, you were definitely like, you're just, you're d- smart and I think you read a lot of like higher level books um well you know some of us were reading the sisterhood of the traveling pants and lauren was reading like war and peace i was a very obnoxious pretentious annoying person honestly and it's still sort of there but i was way way worse i mean the academic the (laughs) the academic conferences confirmed that it's still yeah it's still there for sure um because the problem is yeah anyway I won't go I won't get into it um I won't get into it but the well the pro- the problem is is you have to distinguish you have to say like I'm not I wasn't just like trying to be like a coffee shop poet like I was like actually trying to like you know well, was to like do with your thing, major yeah totally you contribute to like, to like the canon of American literature right you know yeah um, yeah anyway um, but yeah, so I just was super. I just have been very drawn to to words, and I think it's just something that I I still enjoy. But I just am not in any way close to what, the way I used to perform intellectually and work intellectually. I basically do no intellectual work now, and um have completely given up that side of my personality. Yeah. But I would like to regain it someday. Let's make sure we can keep this train on the tracks before you start to pr- pursue other intellectual ventures. Okay. I know. That's the problem. Because for me, I'm just so incredibly one track minded that the second yeah. I decide that it's time to become an artist, I will do it with all thi- all frivolous things will be done away I with. I know. I know. I um, know. And Pop is- Apologists will be the first to go. <laughs> for the first to go. So everyone just like prepare yourself. That's, okay, let's move on. I literally quit Pop Apologists when we first started it for this very reason. Right. right anyway. Right. Okay, here's another one. What is Kagan and Lauren's love? Slash- no, I'm just. Kidding. Yeah, I wasn't. Well, well they said, like, "What is K, oh, K and A L's love? What is K and A L's love slash dating story?" And I'm like, "Who's K and Al? <laughs> K K and Al?" This, I think, this was a typo because this person also submitted this question before. Um, okay, I think any. I, I was just, I was just. You should direct to them to your episode you with Kagan. Um. Yeah. Let's all, some of these are very specific. Um, people want to know a lot about me. It's crazy. Oh, my, So you are maybe insufferable I'll do. this morning you're insufferable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll I'm never kidding. get over um, academic conferences. <laughs> 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 the, the bad reviews can't. Are, that are going to come in are, <laughs> let's just move on. Okay. Um, Anyway, I'll tell the K. I'll do a solo episode probably on, on the Patreon and tell some, one of these some of these more specific stories. Yeah, I just feel like you don't want to sit through our love story. That's for well, sure. Well, I, I I don't want. I don't think you want to sit through mine and Ben's love story again in the same way that yeah, I don't really want to sit through yours and Kagan's. But I think it's a lovely story, and I do think you should direct <laughs> people to your Kagan episode. Um, okay, next question: Why does Lauren live in Port- <laughs> Puerto Rico? I can't. You're literally so insufferable this morning. Let's we're, let's let's give a thirty second answer. Clock starts now. Go. <laughs> no, no. I'm. Uh, well, this is a valid question. Couldn't someone just want to live in Puerto Rico? Um, we moved here because it's um, there's a tax incentive where you can pay zero percent capital gains here, but still retain your U.S. citizenship. For the record, so- for the record. Because we got a negative review. Someone was mad about uh, this. You I up? pay normal taxes. I pay normal taxes on my income. Yeah, I. So I'm just going to come out of the closet here. I don't have any capital gains personally. So right. do not come at me for this because I still pay normal taxes. It's just right. 0% on capital gains. And this bitch doesn't have any capital that's gaining. Okay?
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so anyway, that's why. So I'm surprised for, no one asked why did Lauren move to Costa Rica because everyone always I gets know. Costa Rica oh, and oh Puerto go Rico confused. Everyone, mom still to this day is like, I, you know, we we still want to come out to Costa Rica. So, oh. <laughs> okay, It'll be tough to find me there. It'll be a long drive from the airport <laughs> to my house. Uh, okay, I think this next one is interesting. We had two questions that were about like struggling in your 20s and also just struggling in like mm. having confidence at work or like that type of thing. And like some of them are about corporate, the corporate world, which I feel like both Lauren and I can speak to. Well, what's interesting, cause I was going to say that most of my struggles stem from the fact that uh, I wasn't exactly a STEM major that I spent my early twenties wanting to be a poet. And then I found mm-hmm. myself graduated in my mid twenties with literally zero marketable skills. Mm-hmm. But so I didn't like have any sort of clear career path. And that created a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, anticipated stress literally everyone told me about when I would tell them that I was going to be a poet and I just ignored anyway right but you were the opposite right where you did something where it was very much like a established career path and Mm -hmm. it was very organized and you were got you've developed this very marketable very lucrative skill but still both of us when we graduated had extremely stressful few years oh yeah um, like I just think that. Yeah, I mean, I my first job was incredibly terrible. Um, In right. fact, I was literally reminiscing about it last night, how I one time was asked to like work on um, something that, that like you call an advertising a pitch, which is essentially like it could be anywhere from two weeks to two months of hellish working time where you're literally around the clock sprinting to basically like win a new client. Anyways, I was reminiscing with Faith about how one time I said, I, someone would like, you know, I'm doing air quotes, ask if you want to work on this. So I was asked and finally I got up to the nerve to be like, I actually don't want to work on this. Like I've been doing this for two years. It's my birthday next week. I don't want to. And my boss yeah. responded with, it's also my birthday next week, <sighs> oh. <laughs> which was just like the biggest mic drop moment. Like you can't say anything back to that. Anyways, I had a terrible first couple of years in corporate America, which made me a- j- really jaded about working way sooner than I yeah. needed to be. I've talked about this before. Um, So I guess... All I'm going to say is that I feel like I've gotten very lucky the past two years with my career, like extremely lucky right. where I work at a place that truly values me and I don't feel like I am taken advantage of at all. Yeah. Um, but it's still really hard. Like I have yeah. a really great job and I still feel in- incredible amounts of imposter syndrome at times. I still feel like I had, I mean, I literally cried three times yesterday about taxes and just like. Feeling like I do not, I have a, like on paper, my life can sometimes feel like it is very together, but a lot of times it doesn't feel like that. And Mm -hmm. um, I think realizing that if you're trying to compare yourself to other people who have it together, they probably don't. Everyone is faking it. And also I think that realizing that at the end of the day, a job is just a job, even if it's your dream job, it's just a job. I don't, I don't subscribe to the mentality that your job is your passion or your life's work. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I believe that it is something that like pays your bills and you can be paid very well to do a job that you're good at, but it doesn't have to be everything you're like you care about in the world. And so I think letting go of some of that helped me a lot because I think I felt like if I didn't care a ton about advertising, like I was in the wrong career path and I was doing something wrong because I didn't feel super connected to my day-to-day work, I guess. Well, I was still good at it. Anyways, I don't know if that's helpful. The thing that's tricky with advertising is there's this whole other like there's this artiste dimension of it. That's Mm -hmm. like similarly nauseating to my, you know, poet path where there's like this whole I think there is a vibe in the industry Of like we're creatives, like we do things that are like cooler and like more important than other people. And we, it's not like we're just engineers who are really good at what we do. And when we work, we do good work, and then we leave. It's like no, this is like not only do I work at work, but then I have this whole other personal brand and identity and like right personal work. And it's just like an exhausting (sighs) standard to live up to. Totally, and I think like I mean I don't want to be disparaging about like like there are a lot of people who I work with who are true artists. And like right. they are, and I can tell like they they shine for that, but honestly, like I do not feel that that same intrinsic like I am an artist um uh, mm-hmm. desire, and a lot of times that made me feel worse about myself because I wasn't as like i I don't know I just I didn't feel that c- as connected, but I knew i w- I could do the job and I was good at it, but I wasn't as like intrinsically connected, I didn't have like a burning in my bones
1: mm-hmm. um
0: so and i th- I think yeah, that is like a tougher part of of the work, but like the, a lot of times, the work that we do is super commercial. Like it's just like a, you have to kind of like let go of some of that because like you have to realize that at the end of the day, you're just like literally creating value for shareholders. Right. Exactly. It's like it's a lot of mental gymnastics to uh, manipulate. Like I'm sure a lot of the briefs, like I'm sure in the people's mind who are these true artists you're speaking of, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance when they take that impulse and mode of being yeah. and point it toward like taco bell and Mm -hmm. like you know that's just it's you know or things are even not even as exciting as taco bell i mean i literally wrote like i had to dig dig deep and find inspiration for like california avocados um at this job or a different job no no no, not my at my old job like that was exactly I'm, i'm i'm honestly mainly speaking to my old job because i do feel like at my current job you're and maybe that's also working remotely i don't know like i'm just not as expected I'm not expected as much to uh I don't know they they just really like do value work life balance and like being a person outside of your job so which is like That's so amazing. Um yeah, I feel like you, I'm, I mean like this person probably asked for tips and I feel like I'm not really giving tips nope. I'm just explaining my mentality. I think hearing experiences is really valuable. Um and I think that sharing like how, you know, even though you had this career path that was very much established and you got the job you got the coveted job mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. still felt like misery and well you know and yeah, and- it's very easy to compare ourselves to friends who right like get these kind of more cool glamorous jobs right out of college and think oh, like, oh and- wow they're very stylish they look so cool on instagram they have this cool job and what you don't realize is these people are literally crying at night like a lot of oh them. yeah i mean also like mo- all of my friends a majority of my friends are in like advertising or like design or other like things and everybody is grinding like everyone is working on their weekends like I actually uh yeah like I have a I have two friends who are work at an advertising agency and I would say 70% of the time they have to work on the weekend and right they have these glamorous jobs that are very cool and it's like you know yeah so anyways a lot of times the more glamorous a job is and I was talking with my friend about this yesterday because um, she was talking about like working and publishing yeah the more yeah. glamorous a job is the m- the more poorly paid and yep. also like the more they will take advantage of you because they right, know right. it's your dream to have that job Right. Yeah, so they know yeah. they can pay you less and overwork right. you because it's that yeah. job there's so many people that are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed lining up mm-hmm. behind you to take it and right. so they can basically just abuse you
1: absolutely and
0: and, and- absolutely they can abuse you and because there's this mentality that other people would kill for this job right right yeah it's so I think it's like really this, tricky this, this person is saying like is everyone disappointed another part of this question is like this other person asking is everyone disappointed by their 20s or mid-20s you're t- um can I can I share my yeah experience yeah yeah though? please I, yes yes so like I when I so I had a totally different experience to, as to Chandler, like I didn't go to BYU till I was twenty one, and then I didn't graduate till I was twenty five. I really took my time, so I didn't graduate till I was twenty five. And again, I was trying to be a poet, so this didn't leave me with much of a career path. I mm-hmm. ultimately decided not to pursue that that life because, again, like literally, I would meet people at conferences who were like my icons, right? They had published books. They were professors at good schools and they seemed stressed. Like they literally seemed so stressed. Right. And I would become friends with them on Facebook and like their life seemed so depressing to me. And I was just like, well, if these people who have like gone to this, this level that would take so much time, a PhD, a lot of luck, a lot of grit I'm not even sure if I have the talent for it, but I right. would if I could even get to where they're at, and they don't even seem happy. Exactly, like I really had to take a hard look at it. And so anyway, um, I didn't pursue it event like beyond undergrad, and then I was 25, living in Provo, working at a communal restaurant. Um, as a server and like kind of pursuing this photography thing that was also like not very promising. And I ultimately moved home and found myself 26 living with mom and dad, like a couple thousand bucks to my name, like literally working for mom hourly for cash, like organizing drawers at 26 um, to make money. Yeah, Like just like, like, I can't even tell you how depressed I was because I just felt like, all my, I was such an incredibly kind of like arrogant college student and like basically yeah. person up until that point in my life. Yeah. Like I had, like, I think a, an endearing arrogance to me where I really thought I was special. I really thought I was talented. I really thought that anyway, I was just going to amount to greatness inevitably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> inevitably. Yep, yep. Checks out. Um, checks and, out. Yeah. And then, you know, I found myself, uh, like hitting the skids eventually the rubber really meeting the road at 26 living at home, basically nothing to my name, no real Mm -hmm. accomplishments and no marketable skills. And I've, And then it's like, you know, I did the very generic thing of like, well, I guess I'll go to law school. So I like did a bunch of LSAT prep and I just was very depressed and I just felt like I felt like I was at the bottom of Mount Everest. And Mm -hmm. I also will say that I looked at all my friends, a lot of like BYU Mm -hmm. friends who were married, had a kid, like had a house, had a whole life set up because they had gotten married. I looked at some of your friends who were younger than me with life set up and I just, I felt so ashamed. Yeah. Um and yeah, it was a really, really depressing dark time. But dissimilar to you, I have I did end up getting, I decided not to do law school. And I got a not that I ever was accepted anywhere or even really applied, but I kind of went down that path a little bit. And ultimately um one of our friends, one of our family friends gave me a job as an executive assistant. And we had the opposite experience where I loved the job. The job was like so fun. It was so incredible. It was such a fun job. But my ego was like could not handle that all my specialness had amounted to being someone's glorified secretary. Like that really Mm -hmm. bugged me. Like that was so hard for me to get over. And so even though the job itself was so fun and I adored my boss and it was just like – an incredibly dynamic fun role ultimately I just my ego made it kind of a hell for me to to accept that and I ultimately transitioned out of that role to an operations role you know a year and a half in as soon as I could because I just wanted something that sounded more respectable and then I started working in spreadsheets all day um yeah. And, and I went from having a very dynamic role interfacing with executives, managing a lot of group things and events yeah. and, and, and interfacing with tons of people all the time to really working in spreadsheets and being very much like in a, like a cog, like in, right. even though like Pretty technical I love, I love my new boss. She became like one of my best friends, but I can say now very openly, I do not have the same brain as her. I do not have the same like yeah. analytical numbers based brain I'm more verbal more creative I just simply it was not a fit for me but my yeah. ego had had told me no you have to do something more respectable you cannot stay as an executive assistant so anyway long story short like I kind of created a situation where I ended up in a job that I was not fitting for me and not not suited to my strengths, and a hundred times less enjoyable than the job I had had previously. Yeah, yeah. So it's just interesting. It's we all, I think, go through a really difficult time, um, like putting th- together the pieces of the foundation of our lives, well, and, right? Like, and I just think it takes a pretty long time to find your footing in the corporate world like yes i i've for me like i uh, i feel like i'm what f- four five years into my career graduated in 2018 t- four years and i feel like i am just barely barely getting yeah right like, it has taken me so long to like get over maybe 30 percent of my imposter syndrome and right. I, and it actually kind of leads me to one of the other questions it's about like about or that question about your mid-20s and I'm just I'm actually looking forward to the next 10 years of my life and the confidence that comes with it I can tell you that I can honestly tell you that women especially there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff around being in your 30s like there's a lot of like that 30 mark is very scary I think um or Mm -hmm. can be not for everyone, but it can be, and yeah, yeah. people—it's definitely like a thing in our culture. Yeah, totally, um, I can tell you that unless you're Kendall Jenner, your twenties are so much are so miserable compared to your thirties. Like right. for me, at least, and for a lot of women I know, who who like did their 20s correctly, which is they did the work to put together the pieces of their lives. They worked on putting together a career. They worked on finding a partner. They really like went through that fire. They didn't neglect any of that. Then suddenly once you're in your 30s, you're enjoying the fruits of that. Exactly. And you are like in this career, you have this job or you have this business that does like you have some coin in your pocket. You feel amazing. Like Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just the best time of my life. It's incredible. Yeah. So anyway, it's only like good things ahead. Right. And I just think it's, it's a lie to think that like your first first few years or even your first job will like, I don't know, like make you the person that you are and be everything you want. And I actually, one last thing about like someone starting their first job in like the corporate world. I think that leaving your first job is really important because when you enter your, the workforce uh, and it's your first job, you at least I felt this way. And I do feel like I see it in other people. You feel like you owe these people a lot because they took you on when you were a, basically a student. Mm-hmm. And so right. You feel like you owe them everything. And I think you put up with a lot because you don't value your own skills. And Mm -hmm. I think that the longer you can you stay in that career, the more you almost like undervalue what you have because you're just like still think of yourself as you're that student, and maybe they still kind of treat you like that. And so for me, actually getting hired somewhere else, like I literally feel like I had the thought when I got hired my like next job at, at Facebook was like, wait, I actually can do this job. Wait, they actually will someone else will pay me to do this job, not not just these people who like you know, took me on and like did me a favor. And I think you really understand like, oh, no, I actually do have a marketable skill that other companies will pay for. And Mm -hmm, that honestly, that gave me so much confidence. So I would Mm -hmm. just advise people to not stay in their first job too long because I think what how whatever degree of mentality you like, whatever degree to which that mentality resonates with you, like it will start to become corrosive, I think, and it will wear down like you, you will be, you will limit like your confidence, but staying at your first job for too long. Yes, absolutely. And also I want to say that I always, I always in my first job had this mentality or fear that I was going to be fired. Like I was always so mm-hmm. afraid of be- getting fired. Yeah. Like getting fired was the worst thing that could happen to me. And even when like I was always getting positive reviews, o- only glowing feedback, I knew that I was doing a great job. I still was so afraid of losing my job. Right, right. And one thing I hope if anyone else suffers from this, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, totally. I I know I do. You have to realize that hiring is so expensive and like getting someone trained up is such an investment mm-hmm. and it's such a time investment and it can be costly when companies are dealing with recruiters. Your right. company or whoever you're working for would just so much rather you do a good job then right. fire you and find someone mm-hmm. else. Like, right. like even if you feel like, oh, I haven't, even, I haven't really performed my best in the past quarter or whatever, and now I'm just like, no. Like, your company would so much rather you just start doing a great job than have to let you go and find someone else yeah. and go yeah. through the cost of right. that. So please right. realize that. Like, I didn't, if I had known that, I think I could have relaxed a lot more. Like, it right. is not a simple thing to just fire people and replace them. Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's see. If someone wants to, to know is growing up in Orange County slightly wild slash weird or fairly normal? My assumption is that basically for everyone listening to this show, I think most people grew up very similar to us. Like I think it's fairly fairly normal for like a just like an upper middle class place. Right? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty similar. I think that I loved my childhood. I loved living in San Clemente. I feel very proud to have lived there. I still like it is home. I think that there were some less than great aspects to growing up in an extremely image focused part of the world and yeah I like that I sure. found that to be very damaging I think to like I mean I literally I was just talking to a friend about this like I think <laughs> honestly just just being totally blunt I think that like being like skinny was everything in Orange County and I don't feel like yeah. I got a lot of like body diversity growing up, or at least like even talk about it. Maybe everyone else didn't as well. I I know that like that's not a thing that's specific to San Clemente. I do feel like it was maybe hyper realized there. So that's one downside of it. And I I do just think it was very based on like wealth as well. Um, but you know, I mean, also yeah. I yeah that that's I mean, not spe- that's not very common to like basically any yeah. like bougie place like. That's just kind of seems like the, the, what happens. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there was like, and they're just like, yeah, there wasn't just like a lot of like diversity in general or like body diversity at all. And so I think, right. That wasn't, that wasn't the greatest thing for me, but all that being said, I would, yeah, I loved it. We also just grew up in a time where, um, where like literally it was okay. It was just like accepted that the standard of beauty the only way to be truly hot was to look as close to a a Victoria's secret model as possible. Like that was, I feel like the goal always that was just so open, not that people talked about them specifically, but people just talked about being thin. Yeah. So openly as like no goal. Totally. And And it was just such an interesting cultural moment because that is just so not where we are anymore. Right. Right. And anyway, yeah, thank goodness. But I think that it's just, yeah, very, very, it was very interesting in that way. Um, but I feel I like, like growing up, so. Like, go ahead. Yeah. I, I like, I loved, I loved San Clemente and I loved going to school there. I loved my, like, my childhood and, like, school friends are still some of my closest friends. And I really, like, I don't want to, like. I don't want to sound ungrateful because I am very grateful for all that I was like given in the life that I had there. It's just, I think there were some, some negative aspects, but that's like, that like you're saying it's true of everywhere. That's like upper middle class or whatever. I also think though, that like, it doesn't matter where you're from. There will always be these weird hangups. Like Mm -hmm. there will always be these like weird fixations, weird hangups that hold you back. Like if you grew up in in new york city if you're up in new york city mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of pressure on what s- schools you go to a lot of pressure totally. on what college you go to mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on what pressure on what college you went to a right, lot of right. like east coast snobbery right and we didn't have any of that we didn't have any right. of that. yeah that is like, interesting. we didn't really have a lot of like there were obviously like kids who were gonna go to ivy leagues because they were extremely smart but like there was no other snobbery like it honestly was like I think the fact that the majority of kids were going to go to state schools or UCs that were good schools, but not like Ivy Leagues. And I feel like maybe on the East Coast it's more like Ivy League or nothing. Or Ivy yeah, League. It's a or more like yeah, it's right. a lot more like status based. A lot more like how wealthy are your parents? Totally. And and there are parts of the U.S. where you know, or I'm sure parts of the world too. But like if you try to excel or you know, maybe do better than the majority of people around you. You're looked down upon as like, you know, or do you think you're better than us? Is this not, is this life not good enough for you? Are we not good enough? You know, like that that exists in certain places. Yes, totally. I mean, it's just so interesting, and I feel so incredibly lucky that we were spared a lot, like of the BS. Like, because you know yeah. that the people that cared about going to the exact right prep school and then right. Ivy League school, they still had the skinny pressure too. They still had the beauty yeah. pressure, too. It was just all piled on. So right. right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I think Orange County, all in all, is an excellent place to grow up. Definitely. And, um, yeah. It, it, with some perspective. Okay. Right. Okay. Probably a pa- Patreon question. Someone wants to know about sex after unsubscribing to purity culture. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting when we talk about on the Patreon. Yeah. I definitely yep. don't think we should get into that. Yep. Agreed. Someone wants to know when we each got our first luxury purchase. Mm, You go first. I'm trying to think of a luxury purchase. Like my broker Um, fee for my New York apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I didn't get my first true luxury purchase until like a year ago. Until I bought myself that tennis bracelet and then the tennis necklace. And before then, kind of everything I had was like Zara adjacent. Oh, you know, that's not true. I got a leather jacket from Mahe. It was like $600 on sale um, from a thousand or something. And I was 27. I got it because I was like, you know, finally had a steady sorts of income, but I had a lot of disposable income because I was living with my parents. It was when I got that executive assistant job. You had so much cash. I had so oh, much cash, and it was just so, much so much incredible. And the, I still had. I this think day. that's when he bought me my AC unit too. I I had a steady job as well, but I was living in LA, and I couldn't afford an AC unit, like a standing one for my apartment that was so hot. Then Lauren bought me one. Still, the nicest thing you've ever done for me. Honestly, like. the fact that our parents did not and I just was like I guess I guess someone in our family is going to do this and it's going to be me we all know she's miserable in that hot apartment and you were like crying going home every day about how horrible your wife was to a hot room to sleep (laughs) and I just like I couldn't handle it I would text my roommate and be like hey can you put my ice packs in the freezer and then I would come home and fall asleep with (laughs) ice packs on my face I gave myself ice burn because I was sleeping with them all (laughs) insane I'm surprised you Yourself, like necrosis, like your skin I know. didn't die. No, this is like truly. This is was the darkest time in my life. <laughs> I just personally feel like this is like literally what I don't even take any accolades for this because it was three hundred dollars, and this is literally what family is for. Like yeah. family is for like buying I, you an ace a window AC unit so you can sleep at night when you're like really struggling. Literally, like a jeopardy or whatever like they pull down the curtain and there's a brand new car with like a red bow on it and that and then I was screaming jumping up and down like we went out to dinner for I think your my birthday or something something you came up randomly and you're like also we have a little gift for you in the back of my car and then it was an ace unit and I was just like like literally it was bus driver moved that bus level tears oh my gosh so funny so funny um so actually that leads me to one of the other questions oh go ahead okay no no which is what is one of your favorite things about the other person? And I have a lot of, truly I have a lot of favorite things about Lauren besides the fact that, you know, she is my person. Um, uh, Oh gosh. So you got to ruin it. You got to ruin it. (laughs) I went to academic (laughs) conferences. (laughs) Um, Did you know that I love language? That was, I hope you keep that whole bit in because people need to go through what I went through. Um, I love that Lauren is extremely generous with her family. She's an excellent gift giver, like, during the holidays or whatever, but she also is just extremely thoughtful and will give you things out of the blue that are very nice and generous. Um, And she spends, like, she spends a lot of money on her friends and family, and I think that is something that I lack, and it's something that I really look up to in you, and I'm very grateful for because you're incredibly generous, like, as a sister. Thanks, sis. I mean truly I'm much a little bit I'm not actually that good during the holidays because I feel like the holidays it's like it's like perfunctory gift giving time like we have to like and there's so many people now to give gifts for and it's so like the holidays now have become so expensive for me like Christmas for me now is like a big bill um and anyway so I don't feel like I'm that good during the holidays but I am kind of like an impulsive and my generosity is very impulsive. Like I'll just be like, no, I have to get this person, this $400 thing, this Mm -hmm. $500 Mm -hmm. thing, whatever it is. Like I, I'm just doing it. I have to do it. Like I want to do it and I know it'll be special. And it's just like this, like, I don't know. And I, I, it's just, it's as much of a, it's clearly as fun for me as it is for you. And you just like, you've given me very nice gifts. Um, yeah. So I guess, I will answer the designer or whatever your big purchase. I don't think I've really made a big girl purchase. Um, and that's something you that I'm have, looking to do. You're consistently purchasing a big girl life. And that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I am interested in buying myself something special that is nice. And you actually, after I got my latest promotion, you encouraged me to buy something for myself. And I was like, no, no, no. And now I wish I had to like market. Oh, really? Um. So I I think I need to. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I will retroactively do something. But... I think like a piece of jewelry or I'm kind of over designer purses. Um, yeah. I have like one that I love that I bought off Courtney. That's perfect for me. And I don't really like, I don't want a collection of those. I'd rather have jewelry, to be honest. It's so interesting. Designer bags for me, they just don't feel like the move. Like, I just I feel just like. they just kind of especially... had their moment and now it's gone. Yeah. And like, I just don't feel like it's that. And Courtney, I know for sure agrees with this, but I'm not sure it's that like it's just not interesting at all to be like to have like just not some are cool like i would still love like a vintage chanel like trust me i'm not would not turn that down if that came my way that ysl bag you love that black leather ysl bag that's -hmm. like very understated doesn't have the big ysl thing on it but it's just really pretty like something like that or like right now i'm like or a celine would be amazing maybe (laughs) designer bags are incredible totally a birkin I just feel like they're like when you're in the place we are where like you can't get everything you want a designer Mm -hmm. bag is low on the list for me like I'd rather just I just rather buy jewelry I just would rather rather jewelry jewelry. or I'd rather have designer sunglasses like something that's just like a little bit I don't know I, I don't I think a bag is just it's it can either just it can really like it can be too much I feel like it always like is can tip an outfit over the edge for me. And I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather get like a Jacques Muse bag, like just like a kind of like cool, small little bag. Mm -hmm, That's not mm -hmm. that crazy expensive. I'd rather get one of those Parisian bags that are like the same quality as a designer bag and just a little more interesting, show a little, like a little more distinctive taste on some level. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. But I do have... I do have an upcoming purchase that I'm very excited about. Yeah. People um, are also asking about our per- upcoming like sp- spring wish list or whatever. So this is good. I do want to keep going or do you think we should save more know, for the Patreon? Are there any other super spicy ones? Let's any see. other like good ones? Someone asked me about my morning skincare routine right now. It is it is just SPF 70. I just put on a ton of sunbum SPF 70 mm-hmm. and that's my morning skincare routine. What's yours? My morning skincare routine is I don't wash my face in the morning. I wash it at night. Um, I also, uh, I have been using my LED mask like quite frequently. And I've also been putting some like scar cream on some like spots on my face, which is super sexy. Um, But I really have been loving uh, the Charlotte Tilbury Flawless Face Filter. Uh, like mm. highlighter thing as just a base. So I like literally put lotion on my face, put that on, then I put sunscreen on, and I do my mm-hmm. eyebrows, and that's like that has been my makeup, and I kind of love it. That's it. Ooh, and I okay. look so dewy. Um, and I yeah, I, I love that product a lot. I just went and bought like the full thing from Sephora. Um. Okay. Um. I I have two broken bread blood vessels on my face. Mm -hmm. and I am going to get them v-beamed sometime soon I really need to get like a laser like a have you ever heard of v-beam no it's basically like a laser where they just point it at like one little spot and uh anyway it treats the one area if anyone who listens to this has had this done I'm very curious about it I really want to get it done so please hit me up. I want to get V beam done. Or if you had any, if you've had a broken bre- blood vessel on your face specifically treated, um, please let me know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. All right. I think that's. I think mean, that's probably good. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a snoozy way to end it. Do you have any sort of like song and dance I mean, you, you can do? do? This like. Do you want to answer this one about what would you do if you're married to your husband? He said he wasn't happy. He wanted to f other women. Go out with a banger. <laughs> Let's go out with a banger. Let's go out with a banger. Okay. I read this this morning and I already thought about it. Um, Okay. If my husband came to me and said, I'm not happy and I want to literally F-U-C-K other women. Mom's like so happy we're not cussing anymore. It's just so much better to spell it out. It's so much classier. Right. I would kick that guy to the curb. Like, goodbye. Like Like, if he just came to me and said, I'm not happy and I want to screw other women. Like this would be over. However, if he came to me and was like, Hey, like, I feel like we're not, we need, I just feel like we need to put more effort into that part of our life and like create novelty together and like have new experiences. And I feel like we've kind of like let that part of our life, um, like been a little lazy there a little bit. Like I remember one time my friend told me monogamy is work like monogamy is work mm-hmm. you have to put in the work to to keep things fun and spicy and mm-hmm. if you don't like you know you will get screwed essentially yeah. like eventually things will deteriorate and Yikes. i don't think you're anyway and i think it's very true but i do think um, it's yeah. my point is it just depends on how he approaches that conversation well for me what i'm interpreting is and i think what is interesting about this situation is that he says he's not happy and then he wants to you know screw other women whatever um so literally i think it's like he's equating that what will make him happy is like having relations with other women and i think to me that shows that this person is incredibly flawed if they think that that is the secret to like finding uh you know renewed happiness because there's some other stuff going on here so yeah i would i would realize that and then you know, from that place of understanding, make a decision about whether or not you want to continue being partners with that person. Yeah. Like, there's, it's a very different thing to say that versus saying, like, I, you know, I think that I really crave some new, doing right. some new, like, experiences. Like I'm not happy. Traveling. Yeah. Period. Like, yeah. creating newness mm-hmm. together, however yeah. you want to do that. You know, yeah. I've, and to, however you want to do that privately is very much achievable. And like, I think that it just depends on really what the intention and energy is there, but you know what it reminds me of Chan? What? It reminds me of what we talked, that article we talked about on the Patreon about that woman who left her husband and, and and like broke up her family because she like said she wanted to feel the rain on her skin. Like she just wanted to feel again. Right. Um, I think sometimes people just, they get incredibly, uh, bored with their lives. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. instead of turning inward and realizing that they just need to to do a lot of inner work, they basically look for external forces to validate them and excite them. And that I think is just such a trap and just leads to so much misery for you and for the people around you. So, Right. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Well, we are going to save the uh, X-rated, R-rated, and yeah. just maybe more personal things for the Patreon that will be out this Friday. And then everyone, please, Chandler, do you want to say what I'm about to say? Do your part. Please. If you like this podcast, leave us a five-star review. And if you want to enter the giveaway, if you feel like you want to spread the good word of the Pop Apologist, post about us on your story, include a link to your favorite episode, and you might win a walking pad. That's right. And if you already bought a walking pad, we'll just reimburse you. So you can enter even right. if you already bought one. All right. Yep. Love y'all. All right. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop Apologists, And we will see you next week, live every Wednesday.